This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, here we go. Podcast people time. What's up, Al? Oh, hi there, Jerry. I have a couple things. I have uh, some screen grabs and some direct messages I wanted to get to you. You remember yesterday? Direct we were... messages from the females? No, no. These are direct messages from. Remember we talked yesterday about, I said on uh, Instagram, I'm getting these oh, yeah, yeah. follows yes. from fake uh, women yes. that then send me an e- a direct message saying, hey, where have we, I feel like I know you. Where have we met? And I said, should I respond to those? Yes. And see what's going on. So a couple different things. Um, Mike Torts sends to me, Jerry. He says, don't engage with the fake Instagram accounts. My brother had a crazy experience lately with that. Ended up being extorted by Nigerians. What? Yeah. Like legit extorted. Legit extorted by Nigerians. Then I got another message. Just get off all this crap. I think about that all the time. Like when I get... I, I, every single day I get messages about my Amazon Prime account yeah. shutting down, that they're going to shut me down, fake. And then I get these other, like, uh, uh, here's your receipt for Geek Squad, $328 for uh, antivirus. And they want you to call and go, I didn't know. And, and now they got the, you. Now you're extorted by Nigerians, Amazing. according to this person. Frankie D said, just listen to the post-game podcast. I searched this on Reddit. Okay. The, uh, and found uh, he found a a thread about people saying what is the end game for these fake women accounts, and they said that the end game mostly is they just start talking to you, being friendly to you, a little bit flirty with you, and then they want to sell you Bitcoin oh. or some sort of cryptocurrency. Oh, I thought it was going to be they get a, as they get flirtier. Now they got screen grabs of you doing things you probably shouldn't with a female if you are engaged with. Well, that's a woman. interesting. That's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. Now this one it seems like like the end game is to try to get you to invest in some sort of s- crypto scam. Okay. All right. What is well, what so is this, wrong with? People? I don't know. This is what's going on. I was so wanting to engage with them. Humans are scum. But I don't want to be. Um, what do you call it? Uh, extorted by a Nigerian? No. No, you don't want to be taken advantage of. No, I don't. And I don't want them to have some sort of access to my computer, Jerry. I know, I know. It's, it really is scary stuff. I was thinking about this. Did you, were you, before, Did you? do you, either before the internet, Jerry, or when the internet was uh, young, younger, did you have favorite columnists and columns that you looked forward to coming out? For example, just to get your brain started on this, for example, Bill Simmons, when he had ESPN page two. 
Mm-hmm. When the Bill Simmons uh, blog would come out, or column, I guess it was more of a blog, it was tremendous. I remember I was working at NEW, so I had to be back in 2001. I would print that thing out the second it came out. It was just pages and pages. It was funny. It was great yeah. writing. Were there Was there anybody like that, no. do you remember? No. I only read the newspapers, and I, to me, the col- I didn't. I never read columnists. What about? Let me give you this one. What about Rick Riley, Sports no, Illustrated? Not interested. Really? I was never, and that was the back page, right? Back page. I was, always thought it was. Great. I remember people that couldn't wait for their SIs to come out for the yes. Rick Riley column. I remember a couple of times I went to it. I was like, eh. didn't do it for you. No, because I don't care for other people's opinions. <laughs> no, I don't mean. I, <laughs> we don't need your opinions. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't mean it in that way. One of my, it's funny, I love sports radio, and I hate sports radio. I don't like the lack of accountability when a sports radio talk show host who looks like he never played the game criticizes world-class athletes that can play the game at a very high level. That having been said on a part-time basis, I've become that on a fill-in uh, level. Right. Um, but I, I, it's, how do you describe it? It would be like... There, in a lot of cases, yeah, we can see with our own two eyes what should be and what shouldn't. But I also know, having been on the inside, looking at coaches' film with coaches and them explaining why things that look so bad failed, and you realize it wasn't the coaching. It's the guys not executing the plays. So it's like I've seen both sides of it, and it drives me crazy. And to hear opinions from people that didn't play and like columnists, like I just give me the facts. Yeah. My own two eyes. I'll make I'll form my own opinion. So I never really read anybody. Like I didn't read Lupica. Right, Mike Lupica. I never did. I never read Gary Myers. Um, unless it was more of a piece about the game. Like a Tuesday like a Gary Myers after a Sunday game. That's fine. Monday morning. There may be some opinion in it, but it was a lot about the game. All good. I don't want to read a Thursday piece. I just I don't. What about and and I I know he still <clears throat> does it, but again, 20 years ago when he was doing it, it would seem different and entertaining and interesting to me, was Peter King's Monday morning quarterback. People go goo-goo gaga over it, and I do think that is probably a better piece because I don't necessarily know. You know I don't read it every week, but I, I do read his, his column from time to time, um, and he's more informative. I feel like Peter King is the investigative NFL reporter that goes and gets you answers. That no one else does. Yeah. So he probably, that, that's a good one. Yeah. Because I don't know that I seek it out, but when I do see it, I do take the time to read it. Now, would you read the, you said you would read the papers. Which papers locally would you read in, in New Jersey? Well, it depends on the time. Would you go Star what, Ledger, News yeah, Tribune? So before I started working here, um, it was always the Asbury Park Press and the Star Ledger. Those were the two papers. Once I started working here and was in New York every day, that's really when I started reading the Post and the Daily News. And that was, you know, going to... I remember with with Imus back in the day, we would have to go down and pick up the... And we don't get... And for anybody out there that doesn't know, we don't get newspapers here anymore. Everything's on the computer, understandably so, why we wouldn't get them. But in 1997, I would have to go down and get the newspapers when I was filling in on that show. We would get, for the Imus in the Morning program, ready for this? The New York Times. And by the way, multiple copies of each one. The New York Times, 
there would be three copies, Newswriter, Imus, and Charles McCord. We would get the USA Today, three copies, same thing. The New York Post, seven copies. The Daily News, seven copies. We would get the Washington Post, Post. I think it was. One, I think it was one for Charles. And we would get the early edition of the LA Times. Like all of those newspapers, oh, and the Star Ledger, we always got too. The stack of papers we used to get every day was insane. Um, And this is how I remember it too. Alperns was the distributor for the paper because they came wrapped and it said, you know, courtesy of Alperns, you know, have a great day. And it had the list of all the papers that was on it that we were supposed to receive. Um, But to answer your question, press, Star Ledger, home, started working here, posting the Daily News. Do you remember a columnist? He was either... He, now, I know he was based, I believe, at the Washington Post, but he had a syndicated column during football season in the newspaper. And I used to read it on, it was Thursdays or Fridays, and it was very funny. And Mitch Album? No. Oh. Uh, Norman Chad. Yeah. Do you remember him? Yeah, I never read him. I, I remember Norman Chad used to be, if I remember correctly, would be on that ESPN show from time to time. Oh, he was, the reporter or whatever it is. Around um, the horn? I think he was on, like, as a fill-in. Yeah, I know he and Kornheiser were friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Who was sense. also at Washington Post. Yeah, I just sort of remember in those, like, and and it's so funny, like, I have no interest in Bill Simmons anymore. Yeah. Like, zero. And how I used to look forward to that column. Yeah. Or blog, whatever it was. Because he used to do fun stuff, I would, like, even things I wasn't interested in. Like, he sure. was a Boston-based guy, so he would do, like, he would be like, here's how the Boston Celtics are like the staff of the office. Okay. And then he'd compare player, you know, this player is like uh, Dwight. This mm-hmm. player is like Michael Scott. And it was just a fun, I used to really look forward to it. I don't feel like I have that anymore. Where, how about Dave Barry, the humor columnist? No. Never read him. No. He, I found him funny as well. The, I don't have that anymore with any of these I never guys. had an, I never had it. Yeah. The, the one guy I used to read for, um, I think he used to write, for the Cowboys, uh, maybe you used to be able to get like a team newspaper. Yes. So it was like one or two years I actually did the subscription and I would get the Cowboys Weekly or whatever the hell it was. And I'm pretty sure Calvin Watkins wrote in that when he was young, younger. Pretty sure him, which is why when I booked him to come on my CBS Sports radio show this summer during the during August for the preseason or whatever, he was supposed to come on and pump his book and he didn't show up. I was so excited to have him Aww. on. He no showed you, but I I remember reading him years ago to get like my cowboy fit, but I just never had a, for lack of a better term, there was never a connection or a relationship, but like a columnist or honestly, Al, it sounds horrible, and this is you know this old fanboy, my it was this radio station, it really was. I got all my news from. The updates, I got all my news from listening to Mike and Chris every day. I got all my news from listening to Steve Summers at night. I wasn't... You you, you didn't need any information anywhere else. No. It no. got all covered here. Yeah, you got the best interviews here. Like, you wanted to hear from the head coaches, Mike and Chris, 5 o'clock Tuesday or Wednesday. You want to hear from the quarterbacks, like Boomer Esiason, Friday at 5, sometimes Monday at 5. You know, they had Kurt Warner on every week. Then it was Eli Manning every week. Um, you know, Bruce Coslett used to go on every week. Some of those hockey interviews were legendary. I know that sounds funny to you now, but, you know, Colin Campbell back in the day with the Rangers would come on every couple of weeks. They put Mike Milbury on, and Russo would, like, I don't want to say mock him, but basically be like, you know, there was one, I think, where he said, you know, how, why are you 
signing people. Shouldn't you be fired? <laughs> like, like, wow. Well, that was also a different time, I think, for because the the media wasn't saturated. There weren't sure. a million podcasts, a million shows. Agreed. Radio shows. Now there's sports radio in every market. Yep. A lot of markets have two sports radios. Yeah. Occasionally, there's three sports radio stations in a market. You have all these podcasts from people that are now have a name from yeah. either their podcasting career or they came from sports. Uh, so, and then when athletes and coaches do interviews, everything they say is chopped up into a soundbite, made into a headline. Back then, I think when you were listening to Mike and Chris, they weren't doing as many radio interviews. There weren't many to do. And I don't think they were as cautious with their words. Well, because it wouldn't go around like it right. does now. Now, if you say something stupid, within five seconds, the whole world sees it on social media. Right, and I think that's why you get Daniel Jones on Kay Adams being boring and saying nothing. Yeah, there, there was one time. I, I should have played it, actually, um, but I forgot to get it. She said, so what are you being for Halloween uh, next week, Daniel? A politically correct NFL quarterback. <laughs> and she, I don't think she said politically correct. She said, no, it was socially a socially aware yeah. Giants quarterback not allowed to say anything. And he's like, well, I'm trying. <laughs> like, yeah. Right, that's what it is now. But there are guys that will just let it fly. Yes. He's not one of those guys. He is not. There's not many of them. No. I remember even back when I listened to Jim Rome in the late 90s, and he would have, he would he was never getting big name guests because right. they wouldn't go on, just like they wouldn't go on Howard Stern, and now they do. Sure. But... So he would have on guys that were not like the main guy on a team, but was a guy who was a great talker and was actually saying stuff, sure. which I always liked better than the star player. Because yeah, they the star, said more. The star player can be awful. Yeah. There was a guy with the Jets. His name was Calvin Pace back in oh, like yeah. 07, 08, 09. He was a linebacker. He was a quote. I mean, if you had him on in this day and age, he would go viral with the things he would say. He was funny. He was smart, and he didn't even give a crap who he insulted. He was going to tell you what he thought. That was the, I remember telling. I think I even told you when because when you guys had Thomas Jones on, and when yeah. you guys, I remember. T I think I told you we weren't really close or anything, but like this is the guy you got to get. And no one ever around here ever put him on, and he was tremendous. Yeah, he's a good player too. Right, he's a good player. I remember the name. Yeah. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Got a uh, email, Jerry, from a man named Dan D. And this is really for you, Jerry. Okay. Oh, hi there. I have a selfish request for a podcast topic. I am from Connecticut originally, but have been living in San Diego oh. for the past six years. Listen to this dumb move. I am moving back to Connecticut. Oh, no. In a few weeks, but don't want to end up there permanently. I work remotely, and my fiancé is a travel nurse, so we plan on bouncing around the East Coast in 2024 oh, that's fun. to see where we ultimately want to end up. Uh, San Diego. <laughs> I know Jerry has been to a lot of these smaller cities, bigger college towns while traveling with Rutgers. You guys have spent some time talking about 
some time talking about them. Could you ask him his top three cities and highlight why? On the East Coast? Thinking like a car ride or very short flight from Connecticut. I feel like a lot of people are leaving the larger cities, so it could apply to a decent amount of your audience. So I wonder where in see, Connecticut's not a big state, but it's long up and down the East Coast. As you know, when you yeah. drive up to Boston, you go to Mohegan Sun, you see how long Connecticut can be. But like places that you've been with Rutgers. Well, it's funny. Nowhere. Yeah. It's more with Columbia. Oh, up and down the East Coast like crazy with Columbia. Um, Providence, Rhode Island is cool. I think, you know. There's a city feel, but it's small. But there's an area where you can feel like you're in a city, and the suburbs are very nice. I've been there many times with Brown, um, and the hotel we stay at, or used we stay at the hotel we used to stay at, was in a very nice area. Um, I'm trying to think where what what do you say within an hour's drive of Connecticut or flight short flight? Well, I mean, hell, a short flight could be uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, but you've never been. Have you been to Charlotte? Oh yeah. Yeah, been to Charlotte, been to Myrtle Beach. What? Uh, um, what about the North Carolina? What did you? Which ones do you like that you that you've been to? Um, I stayed in a place named Matthews, North Carolina. I was only there for four days. I guess it was maybe maybe four. It was four days. A friend of mine moved down there, and that is amazing. I mean, it's it's a lot of transplanted New Jersey and New York people, um, mostly new developments, a lot of brand new construction with the strip malls and, and, um, and restaurants and eateries and things of that nature. That place was really cool. And if I remember that was probably only 30 minutes from Charlotte. So what, maybe even 25 minutes from Charlotte. So close to the airport, you know, you're, you're South, but you don't feel like you're in Louisiana. Yeah. Um, and, and weather wise, my friend says, yes, a hurricane from time to time, but no different than here. And no snow other than you might wake up one morning in January with half of an inch of snow on the ground and you're teeing off by 11 a.m. and it's 55 degrees. Mm. So it, it's like three seasons there. There's just not winter. You get a chilly fall, maybe a chilly spring, and then you get a beautiful spring, summer, and a beautiful fall, and there's never winter. So if you're that talking about a nice. short flight, yeah, I really do recommend uh, the suburbs of of uh, Charlotte. You ever been to Charleston, South Carolina? Yes, Ke- yes, Kiowa Island. I've heard good right. things about that. Beautiful. Now it's a little farther now because if you go to, you can now you're f- going another state down. Yeah, and f- and south, like more towards Georgia, still a short flight, not an hour, but a short flight. We went to Kiowa Island, South Carolina, which we flew into Charleston and drove. 30 minutes, I want to say, I think around 30 minutes to get to where the golf community was. But we drove through my, I remember my dad was really into this. It just looks cool. Like like old Savannah, not Savannah, but it it was like that old Southern feel to it. People seem pleasant. That was nice. I didn't stay in Savannah, but we drove through it. We stayed about 25 minutes out of it. You ever been to Delaware? Yes, but not staying only to play a baseball game and drive through. I feel like I've read somewhere and I know I could easily just look this up, but that I've heard like Delaware doesn't have bad winters. Is that possible? Because they're a little more south of us. I mean, they're not that much. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Does Philadelphia have bad winters? Yes. Same as us. Yeah. Philadelphia is five minutes from Delaware. Oh, the hell was I reading, Jerry? I don't know. Now, 
I will tell you, it's a very um, overlooked coastal state. Yes. I know Eric Very Spitz, overlooked. They would go on vacations. I'm like, why are you going to Delaware? He'd be like, you want to see some pictures of the beach? Beautiful. Like, But who would ever think to go there? Yeah. It doesn't get much play. I saw a guy on Instagram yesterday saying, now he did it as the top five places to retire, but really it's it's top five places to live if you want to look at like downtowns, uh, taxes, and home prices. That's always what they look, look sure. at. Yeah, yeah. So number one, he still had as Florida. Okay. But in the top five, he had Georgia. Yeah. Georgia's gorgeous. And Mississippi. And I've seen Mississippi pop up Interesting. on a couple different places. Mississippi of coastline? I don't mm, think so, right? Because it's Florida, Louisiana, Texas, no? Is that right, Eddie? Oh, there's a little piece of coastline in Mississippi? Okay. But just like um, when they don't tax your yeah. different uh, accounts that you might have. And, it's uh, so, as we get tax, older, like yeah. these are things we really That does think matter. It, because New Jersey, you get murdered. New York, you get murdered. Connecticut, the same thing. I think Delaware is a good tax state. I think it's why all the credit card companies yeah. are in Delaware because of the business tax laws. I also think, it, do you think it would be, if you were to move out of the state, Yeah. do you think it would be cool to just start at a place completely different, or would it be cool to go to a community like your friend is in North Carolina, where there are a lot of New Jersey, New York transplants, um, to have some of that feeling of your old home? Right, best of both worlds, yeah. because you can go out on a football Sunday and you know there's going to be Giant fans and right. Jet fans there. Yes, yes, yes. Um. I think both is pretty neat because at the end of the day, when you walk out of that restaurant, you're still in Matthews, North Carolina. Yes. And Newark Airport is not 40 minutes away. New York City is not 40 minutes away. There are no subways. It's just it's just nicer. But there is so we've always talked about this. There is something very appealing to me about going somewhere that is so foreign and new. That's kind of cool too. Like going to move to Australia. Yeah, or New Zealand, or not that I'm ever going there, but or 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 like when I go, he mentions going away with Rutgers. When I do go to places like Iowa City, and forget when it's we go in the winter, yes, but we go almost every year. There was one year where it was 65 degrees out there, unusual, unusually warm, and it was awesome. And I'm sitting there like, this is so simple. The, the neighborhoods were new. It was nice. Now, what are you going to do? Well, I remember saying, no, there's no big city nearby, but there were movie theaters and bowling alleys and golf courses and beautiful malls and great restaurants. And I'm like, well, what the hell do we do home? Just because we, like, we have the beach. I think I went to the beach twice this year. I went to the beach in Texas this year more than I went in New Jersey. Right. But yet we sit there and say, well, we can't move there. There's no ocean. Why not? Get on a plane and go to Texas. <laughs> it's like... It is weird how we we choose sometimes. Now, I think ultimately we live where we live, obviously because our family is where we started from yeah. here, where you started, where then you get married and your wife's family's from there. But these other reasons, where like you go to the beach when you never go, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. I, I agree. Now we used to go a lot um, when the kids were small. I mean, Kim would take them to the beach. I would say at least once a week, so maybe sometimes twice. But once a week, she took them to the beach, like, and it was really convenient having the beach for us, fourteen minutes away to go to Seabright. And it was ah, well, actually, yeah, about fourteen minutes. So that was great. 
um, as we've gotten older and the kids don't want to go to the beach. Right. They want to play golf instead or they want to hang out with their friends or just use the pool with their friends. It's like we don't need to be by the beach anymore, even though we like it. And I do like I love going out to dinner on the ocean and sitting outside. That's all cool. But ultimately, I don't know why I'm staying here. You know? Correct. Like there I'm sure there are communities in Billings, Montana that are gorgeous. But how would we know? Would never know. Of course you would. That's the thing. Right. Never know. Mm-mm. So That's many... why I'm always amazed like when people come from another country. Mm-hmm. Like you might say, like I know uh, like where Eddie lives in Edison, New Jersey, where I initially grew up in Island, New Jersey. There's a very large Indian population. Okay. There. And then you'll also, like when I was in Indiana, there was a town there that had a large Indian population. I always wonder how did they- End up there? Yeah. Like when you go, I'm going to, to the United States, how do you pick where you're going? Now, I could also see- like in Edison, where Eddie lives, and Island, New Jersey, I was there when it slowly mm-hmm. became a large Indian population. And the downtown starts to turn into Indian businesses sure. and restaurants. That would be something that would be like, oh, I want to go live there because they have Indian restaurants. They mm-hmm. have. so. But how but, do you start that? But to be the initial person that's going to go, I'm going to... Uh, come from this foreign country and go live in Terre Haute, Indiana. Right, and let's be uh, let's be honest about this too. Where the residents there probably don't want you there, right? To be the first, which is a crappy thing to say, but probably very true. Yeah. So yeah, it takes it takes balls, is what it takes. I had Jerry. One of my big regrets. I had so many ideas for businesses where I was going to. Um, my business. Did you just was, say I have so many regrets? Yeah. <laughs> Business ideas okay. that I had mm-hmm. when I noticed a large Indian population moving in to Edison and Island, And I was like, I'm going to come up with business ideas that will attract these people to my business. Sure, sure. And I never did my, my best one I had, and I never did it. And it was years later. It was when video stores, VHS first came out. And I said, I should open up what I was calling an Indian video store where I get movies like from Hollywood Indi- movies, right? I, I yeah. import VHS tapes from India yep. and I rent them out. Yeah. And you, then I thought when I'm going out of business, I sell all of my tapes. All right. So, the, and I never did it. And then no. years later, there's an Indian video store and right sure on they, the corner. And I'm sure they did great. The problem was you probably had to come up with $80,000 to start it. <laughs> Correct. Like and it's, I was always, it's always, it's always easy to say you have the regret, but before yes. you have that regret, like, go back and ask yourself why you didn't pull the trigger. Right, because I was at 19. That didn't have $80,000 sitting there to do it. <laughs> going to Middlesex County College with right. working at drug fair. Right. Yeah. And, and if I you, needed an investor. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of people need investors. You know what's hard to get from investors, though? Money. Cash. Because they have to actually believe in what you're doing, and they need to see the return. And then when, now when I would, if you ever go to Metro Park train station, again, large Indian population, all of the billboard ad advertising at the train station is for these direct TV packages from India. Sure. It oh, makes total sense. I missed the boat. And that's just marketing to what your audience is in that right. area. Cricket. Makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Get the cricket channel. You said that. You said we should start a cricket league. Yeah. Here. Why yeah. not? Could. No, what am I doing? You got to rent the fields. You have to rent the fields and get equipment. Like you could, a hundred percent could do that 
if you got the field permits and you were ready and, and got the insurance because someone's got to cover it, which ain't going to be cheap. If you got the field permits and the here's what you would need field insurance, the I'm sorry, field permits, the insurance, you would need a website. You would need the program for the scheduling. Yes. Um, you would need to set up a real business LLC. Like all of that doesn't sound like much. What I just gave you is thousands of dollars, not $80,000 by any stretch. Alan Jerry's Cricket League. You want to do it? We'll do it. I actually have a cool idea for a league. Oh, is that right? Don't yeah. give it away on this thing. I won't. I'll tell you off there. I want to know what you think about it. All right. It. It's very traditional, but there's a wrinkle to it. Hmm. And I actually want to do it. When I was working at the JFK Hospital in the pharmacy, one of my favorite things about working there was when someone would come over from India mm-hmm. to move to the United States and they'd start working in the hospital and watching how quickly they became American culturized. Oh, sure. Where first they were, it was amazing how quickly. They probably enjoy it. Oh, loved it. The freedom of doing what you want. And, and it was so fun to see like a strict yeah. person slowly turn into. Hey, by the way, where is so-and-so? He's an hour and a half late. <laughs> yes. He's been early every day. <laughs> oh, overslept, sorry. Oh, you fit right in. You're right. It's <laughs> like the rest of us. So hilarious. That is funny. All right, Jerry, let's do the warm-up. Are show. we going for lunch? What are we doing? We're going to go to lunch. 12 we have, o'clock? We're, sure. We're staying in the city today. We have the Marconi Awards, Jerry. And uh, we're staying in the city. We're going to go some lunch. We're going to go take naps separately. We're going to meet you up get at in our this. room before 4 o'clock? I think the check-in's at 3. So oh, we helps. figure we go an hour early. Yeah. And then sit there and wait for it to open. And if yeah. not, go to the bar. Go to the bar. Exactly. Jerry. That'll help fall asleep. Warm-up show next. Sit.